0: wonderful man of God who the Lord has anointed and is using and uh, I appreciate him so much and uh, he of course is my nephew. He is my sister's oldest uh, child and uh, her oldest son and uh, he is doing a wonderful work in Indianapolis alongside my father and uh, watched him grow up. Uh, remember when he was born and I've seen him to be uh nothing short of a christian gentleman and a wonderful uh believer who has a great christian character and i'm so thankful to see how he handles the word of life so wonderfully you're going to be blessed tonight by his ministry we want brother rodney saunders to come and to deliver the word of the lord tonight could you receive him with a great hand clap of appreciation as he comes god bless you brother saunders Amen. Let's give another hand clap to the Lord tonight. Lord, you're so worthy. You're so worthy of all of our praise. You're so worthy of our highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There is such a sweet spirit of worship in this place tonight. We use them kind of hand in hand, but worship and praise have two completely different definitions. Praise is what you do when you get that promotion. Worship is what you do when you don't. Praise is what you give him when your marriage is working out, but worship is what you give him when it's not, because he's still worthy no matter what we're going through. He's still the King of Kings. He's still the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that I'm around some like-minded people tonight that are going to give God everything he's worthy of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just take 10 more seconds. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. Amen. It's so good to be in Cincinnati with the Tree of Life Church. Amen. I love this church. I love this church family. We're all family. We're all blood relatives, if you will. You're my brother and you're my sister. And I'm so glad that we can be here together tonight. Amen. And of course, I'm, I'm biased being a nephew, but I know that you're very thankful for your pastor. An amazing man of God who God is using to do wonderful things in Cincinnati. And I know you're behind him, and I can't wait to see what God does in this city, what God does in this church. We serve a great God. We serve a great God. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that he's going to have his way in this place tonight. He's going to have his way in this place tonight. Amen. Without any further ado, I'd like to turn your attention to the word of the Lord. I'm going to be reading two different portions of Scripture, the first of which is found in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And when you have it, say, Amen. And the word of the Lord says this And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm. And the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Never be ashamed. Now, quickly turning to perhaps the most famous portion of Scripture in the Bible Psalms 23 Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I'd like to preach to you tonight, just for a moment, a message entitled, The Restorer of My Soul. The Restorer of my soul can we go before the lord in prayer tonight and ask him to anoint the word precious lord thank you for your wonderful spirit that has filled your house since the beginning of service god we ask that your perfect will would be made manifest in this place tonight God that you would pour out your spirit that you would start works that you will finish Lord and that you will finish works that have already been started Lord we ask that you would move in a mighty way Lord that you would anoint the word as it goes forth I am but a vessel Lord anoint the ears of your people that we may not just be hearers of the word but doers of the word Lord speak into our lives we ask all these things in the precious wonderful name of Jesus and everybody said Amen, amen. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. You can be seated tonight in his presence. To me, personally, one of the most amazing attributes of the great God that we serve is that he is a restorer. We all know him to be the creator. Even non-believers know that we believe he is the creator. After all, in the beginning, God created. We know he is the creator. We know he is the creator of all things. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything that was made. We all know him to be the creator. The one who can speak into nothing and create something. The one who can take nothingness and and create something tangible that you can see and you can touch and you can feel but to me it's even more amazing that God the creator is also God the restorer he is a restorer it amazes me that he takes the time to reach into the mess that is humanity and restore the things and the people that are broken The things in the people that are in pieces. The things in the people that have been shattered by unfair circumstance. Time after time after time throughout the Bible, we see where he has taken men. Men and women who most would not have chosen. The men and women that God used were not probably picked first in gym class, if you will. They were not everyone's first choice, but they were God's choice. I would much rather be God's choice than man's choice. But, but he had this way of taking people that were not normally chosen of man, and, and he would take these people that were misfits and outcasts and make them the mouthpieces of his gospel. The hands and feet of the body of Christ. He took a man named Peter who was very rough around the edges, very unrefined, a man whose mouth often got him into trouble. My pastor says that Peter may very well have been the first redneck. He was extremely rough around the edges. He he was unpredictable. You never knew when he'd just pull out his sword and cut someone's ear off. He was uncontrollable. No one knew what would come out of Peter's mouth. But we do know what came out of his mouth on the day of Pentecost. God overlooked the the, the the misfitness that was Peter, the, the the circumstances. He overlooked those things and used him as the mouthpiece for his gospel on that day of Pentecost. He took a man named Saul who was a murderer of Christians. Sometimes we sugarcoat what Saul really was. He was a murderer. He was a bloodthirsty murderer who went around from nation to nation persecuting those who would dare to serve Christ publicly or privately. He was a murderer of Christians, but God transformed him one day. He met him on the road to Damascus, and he had an encounter with the Restorer that he never, ever for God. And God went on to use him as what we would like to call the first missionary, who also wrote nearly half of the New Testament. He took a little boy named David, who was singing and keeping sheep for his father on the hillside of Judea, the hillside of Bethlehem, and made him into a giant killer and the king of israel you see when god works on people he sees things that nobody else sees he has a way of seeing potential where nobody else sees potential he has a way of seeing hope where no one else sees any hope he has a way of seeing goodness where no one else can see goodness This is why when God sent Samuel to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel, he told Samuel, do not look on the outward countenance or his stature. He knew exactly what Samuel would do naturally. He would look for the tallest. He would look for the strongest. He'd look for the one that could bench press the most. He'd look for the one who was the most physically fit to fill the role of king, But God said, I want you to do something that is not going to come natural to you. I want you to operate the way that I would operate. You see, I do not see men the way that you see men. I look on the inward parts. While you see his outward appearance. And you see his shortness and stature. And you see his youngness of age. While you see that, I see a man after my own heart. I see a man that I can use. Use for my glory and my purpose, God has a way of looking past our physical or our lack of physical attributes. The things that make you think you are what you are instead of for who you were always meant to be. He doesn't look at Peter and see a fisherman, he sees the preacher on the day of Pentecost. He doesn't look at Paul or Saul rather and see a murderer. He sees Paul. He sees Paul, a reformed man, a restored man, a missionary of the most prolific kind who would write most of the New Testament. He doesn't look at David and see a young shepherd boy who is too young to do anything that is too young to be used. He looks at David and sees the greatest and most notable king that israel would ever have god doesn't look on the outward parts and i'm so glad he doesn't he looks on the inward parts of the heart he looks at the heart he sees the heart of the matter restoration is something that has become a very big part of today's culture it used to be that everyone wanted what was brand new, what was hot off the press at Ikea, or whatever was the most modern, whatever was the most cutting edge. But people today have become fascinated with restoring things that have seen Better days. It is rather trendy now, if you will. Everyone is doing it. If you go to the flea markets on Saturday, the place will be full of people looking for their next DIY project. And if you hear anything I say tonight, let me tell you, for all the DIYers in the place, it's not as easy as the YouTube video looks. <laughs> it's not near as easy as that 10-minute time-lapse video makes it look. I speak from experience. I attempted, or completed eventually, but attempted to make a table a few weeks ago. It was just a short 10-minute time-lapse video, but roughly 10 hours of work later, I'm just barely beginning to see (laughs) the shape of what I want, the shape of what it's supposed to be, what that video made it look so easy. But the flea markets are full of DIYers looking for their next projects. The things that have seen better days. The things that are in pieces. The things that are not yet complete. The things that have not yet been restored. When they go looking, they don't look for something that's perfect. They don't go looking for something that already has it all together, if you will. They go looking for something that has been through some things. They go looking for something that has seen better days in its past. They go looking for something that even would look distressed in its current state. They look for something that they can make to serve their purpose. They look for something that they can use. They look for something that they can use. I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of like Jesus when he goes looking for his next quote-unquote project, if you will, if you will. He he doesn't go looking for the perfect. He doesn't go looking for someone who has no need for him. He doesn't go looking for someone who thinks, I've already got it all together. I don't have much need for a restorer in my life. No, he looks for the broken. He looks for the shattered. He looks for the thing that needs to be restored. He looks for the thing that is in need of a restorer hallelujah hallelujah i've seen some people take on some projects and i'm not gonna lie i thought they were absolutely crazy for attempting the thing that they were attempting and my father might be one of those people and he's not here so i can i can say that he he will tackle some projects that i think my word what have you gotten us into we, we, he found a house he wanted to restore and we walk in and there's graffiti on the walls. There's, there's hardly no drywall in the place and, and, and the p- water plumbing is, is all gone and the, the wires have been pulled out of the walls and I looked at that and said, you have got to be crazy. This looks like junk. To me, it looked like it was way too far gone. To me, it looked absolutely useless and of no value. It didn't look like something that could ever be of any value. But in the eyes of the restorer, in the eyes of the restorer, he already was looking down the road, and he saw a finished project. He saw something that was of great value. He saw something that was priceless he saw something that was completely priceless in the eyes of the restorer one of the most interesting things to me about restorers is that they will completely restore something to its usefulness but they'll leave most of the imperfections They'll leave most of the scratches, they'll leave most of the dents, they'll leave most of the missing pieces. They'll 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 leave a lot of things that we would classify as imperfections. And that's because they see beauty in the imperfections. Because the imperfections and the wear and the tear and the scratches and the dents and the missing pieces and the shadows of what used to be, they tell a story. They tell a story of every place that thing has ever been. They tell a story of everything that that particular thing has ever gone through. They tell a story of once I was lost, but now I am found. Once I was blind, but now I see. But now I see. They leave the imperfections. There's people here even tonight that feel like they cannot be used of God because of the wrong things that they've done in their past. They don't think that they can be used of God because they've got a few too many dents and a few too many scratches and a few too many stories and a few too many skeletons in the closet, but too many things that they don't want anyone to know was ever a part of them. But I'm here to tell somebody. I said, I'm here to tell somebody. You may think you are too far gone, but in the eyes of the restorer, I said in the eyes of the restorer, there's no such thing as too far gone. There's no such thing as a mountain too high or a valley too low. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the eyes of the restorer, there's no such thing as too far gone. No such thing is too far gone. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm here to let somebody know this evening, when God restores you, and when God transforms you, I'm here to tell you, he he doesn't do it for your own glory. He doesn't do it for your own purpose. He does it for his glory. He does it for his testimony. And while you may be scared of the scars, and while you may be scared of the imperfections, and while you may be scared of the dents, They are a testament to his glory. They are a testament to his goodness. They are a testament to his mercy. And how far he's willing to go to bring the prodigal home. Your scars tell a story. A story of once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Don't let the devil tell you You've been through too much to be of any use to God. Don't let him tell you that you are worthless. Don't let him tell you that you can't be used for anything in the kingdom. Don't let him tell you you have too many imperfections. Don't let him tell you there's too many things that you're ashamed of in your past. Your imperfections don't make you worthless. Your scars don't make you less. They give you value. They give you value they give you value another thing that a restorer will do is he will look for things that are completely useless as they are things that are odds and ends broken pieces of other things they'll take these 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 pieces that are misfits these people's these these people and these things that 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 don't fit in anywhere anywhere they go They never feel fulfilled. They never feel like they belong. They never feel like they have a place. These things that are useless and pointless as they are. Things that serve absolutely no purpose in their current state. But the restorer will take those things and they'll do what they call repurposing. They re Purpose. these things that are misfits they repurpose these things that have seen better days they repurpose these things that don't fit in they repurpose these things that are odds and ends and broken pieces and they repurpose them you may feel like you are worthless the way that you are right now. You may feel like you are a misfit in the kingdom the way that you are right now. You may feel like you've already served your purpose and your glory days are over. But when the Storer restorer gets a hold of you, he will repurpose you. He'll give you a new purpose. He'll give you a new function. He'll give you a new life. He'll give you a new name. He'll give you a new family he'll repurpose you that's why when somebody comes into the church and is filled with the holy ghost and baptized in jesus name and completely transformed to his glory and to his purpose their old friends don't even recognize them their old friends will not recognize them they they look at these people and they say man you don't even walk the same you don't even talk the same you don't even laugh at the jokes you used to laugh at you won't go to the places that you used to go to and that's because we've been repurposed we don't function the way that we used to function we used to be broken we used to be a misfit we used to be an odd in and end. An but the restorer got a hold of the broken pieces and made something beautiful made something beautiful hallelujah you've been repurposed you've been changed you've been set free from the bondage of sin you've had an encounter with the restorer and you will never be the same again hallelujah He doesn't restore us because we're worthy. He doesn't restore us because we're good enough. He doesn't restore us because we've done enough good works in our lifetime. He restores us, the word of God says, for his name's sake. Hallelujah! He restores us for His name'sake. Ephesians chapter two says it like this: "And you, hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past." In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others but God. God but God but God who is rich in mercy he is not poor in mercy he is not on mercy food stamps he is not on a shortage of mercy he's rich in mercy he never runs out of mercy it's available to you and to your family and to your neighbor and to your core worker hallelujah he is rich in mercy he doesn't restore you because you deserve it. He doesn't restore you because you're worthy. He restores you for his namesake. For his namesake. And he doesn't restore you. Some people say, well, my glory days are behind me. He doesn't restore you to your former glory. He restores you to his current, omnipresent glory. Hallelujah. He restores you to his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My father, the same one that likes to take on those crazy projects. He owns a home remodeling and construction company. I still work with him on most of his big projects. And when I first started working with him, I thought, my word, dad, you are way too much of a perfectionist. Who's going to care that that piece of trim is a 16th inch too short? Who's going to care if, if you have to, to cut a few corners to get it done just a little bit faster? Why you have to do everything by the book? Why you have to do everything the way that you say it needs to be done? Why are you such a perfectionist? And finally, he got tired of hearing me say it, and he said, Rodney, I I." I am a perfectionist. I am the way I am. The reason I spend so much time on the small, insignificant, minute details, the reason that I take my time and make sure that it's done exactly right, exactly the way I want it to be done is because my name is forever attached to what my hands do. My name is forever attached to the work that I do. You see, when people ask who did this I want them to proudly say so and so did this or so and so fix this so and so did this I'm here to encourage somebody today you may feel like God's taking way too much time to restore you you may feel like God's taking way too much time to bring some promises to pass in your life you may feel like God's spending too much time on some insignificant minute details and maybe you even wish he would cut a few corners just to get you to the promise that he promised you so long ago. I'm here to encourage you. The reason he takes so much time, the reason he puts so much effort into you is because his name is attached to you. Hallelujah. 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 When people see you, they should see Jesus. When people hear you, they should hear Jesus. When people have an encounter with you, they should have an encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He restores you for His name's sake. Don't rush God. He's restoring you for his namesake. Don't push him to get you behind the pulpit. Don't push him to get you on the platform. It'll happen eventually. But he's restoring you for his purpose. For his namesake. He's making you into his image. Hallelujah. Sometimes... It can be hard for people to let go and let God have his way with them. He wants to restore you. He wants to repurpose you. He wants to pick you up out of the muck and the mire. He wants to set your feet on the rock to stay, not just temporarily to stay. He wants to fix all the problems that are going on in your life, but he will not force it on you. He will not force it on you. You have to be willing to put your broken pieces. You have to be willing to put yourself, the odds and the ends, the brokenness and the confusion. You have to be willing to put yourself in his hands. You have to be willing to take your situation and put it in the hands of the restorer. But some people have given sin free reign in their lives for so long that they have trouble completely surrendering every part of themselves to him. You've let the adversary walk in and out of your life whenever and however he wants to for way too long. You've given Satan an easement into your life, if you will. You've given him an easement into your family. You've given him an easement into your marriage. You've given him an easement into your home life. You've given him an easement into your life. And once he's there, he's not leaving without a fight. Let me tell you a little something I learned about easements, though. While studying for a rather difficult exam, I learned something about easements. Easements can turn into a huge legal mess. It is an absolute nightmare dealing with easements in the real estate world. As long as you allow someone to use your property, even if they don't ask, as long as you let them use it long enough and you don't say anything, they can keep using it. No matter what you say, they can use it and they can abuse it. They can come and go as they please and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm here to tell somebody or to warn somebody rather, don't even give place to the devil. Don't allow him access into your life. Don't allow him access into your family. Don't allow him access into your church. Don't allow him access into your youth group. Don't give him any reason to be there. Don't allow him to establish an easement into your life. But I do have some good news for someone who maybe has. For someone who maybe has made some mistakes and allowed the devil to come in and out of their life as he pleases. There is one way and one way only to get rid of an easement. There has to be a change of ownership. And when there's a change in ownership, that easement is officially rendered null and void. What used to be, the rights he used to have, he no longer has anymore. The right of passage he used to have, he no longer has anymore because there was a change in ownership. So when you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and when you've been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, when you become a part of the blood-bought church, and when he you with his precious blood. There's been a change in ownership. You're no longer controlled by the things you used to be controlled by. And the next time the devil comes around, you can stop him dead in his tracks and say, devil, I know you're used to coming here whenever you want to. And I know you're used to having your way in my family. And I know you're used to having your way in my marriage. And I know you're used to having your way in my mind and in my heart and in my life. But there's been a change in ownership ownership and you are not welcome here anymore this is the kingdom property i was bought with the price hallelujah there's been a change in ownership i've been redeemed i've been restored i've been repurposed and i'm a child of the king i'm a child of the king hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah! If the musicians would prepare to come, I don't plan on preaching much longer. I will tell you, once you've been restored, once you've been repurposed, once you have a testimony, the enemy's going to put a big old red target on your back, a big old red bullseye that he's going to try to hit every chance he gets. when you are a walking, breathing, talking testimony to the power and goodness and mercy of Jesus, the enemy will place that target on your back because he knows that your testimony is what's going to put him out of commission. He knows you're going to be a witness, if you will. And he knows that your testimony might even put him away for good. But I've got news for you. Let me tell you about the witness protection program. I said, let me tell you about the witness protection program. Your God will give you a new name. Your God will give you a new family. Your God will give you a new home and he'll be your ever-present help in time of trouble. So why don't you just open your mouth and be a testimony? Why don't you just open your mouth and be the witness? Why don't you just open your mouth and do what God called you to do hallelujah you've been restored you've been redeemed you've been repurposed and you're a child of the king don't let anyone tell you any different don't let anyone tell you any different hallelujah i wonder if we could all stand tonight god wants to restore some people in this place tonight And I will even venture to say that you can come to church for years and not be completely restored. You can let things fester. You can hide things in the background. But God wants to completely restore you. He doesn't want you to be ashamed of your past. He wants it to be a testimony. He doesn't want you to have any skeletons in the closet. He doesn't want you to keep bringing things up that are already under the blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder if you could just lift your hands to heaven tonight. If you could just lift your hands and open your mouth and say, God, I know I'm a misfit. I know I have some broken pieces. I know I have some things in my life that need fixing. I know that I'm not what I used to be. And that's actually a good thing because I want to be what you need me to be. God wants to restore you. God wants to redeem you. God wants to repurpose you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have your way here tonight, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your perfect will in your place. I all. Hallelujah.